I was on top of my running game, probably near my peak after qualifying for the 2020 Boston Marathon. But then a short two months later, that all changed when I accidentally slipped on black ice and I badly broke my ankle. I went from having surgery to spending three months completely off my foot, another three months without exercise, and six more months of learning how to run again. And I've learned that throughout this painful process, that injury is a form of loss. The grieving process isn't limited to death. It could show up in any major transition or trying circumstance. And as I contemplated writing my latest book, Victory Run, Turning Trials into Triumphs, I wondered how a broken ankle could offer an impactful message. But as I was walking out my own injury, I realized the significant changes and transitions it caused in my life and how those affected me moving forward. How we walk through the grieving process is individual to each of us. But when we recognize the stages we are in, it is easier to fight through the pain to get to the other side. Hey mama, welcome to Goal Driven Moms. Do you want to find yourself again outside of motherhood and clarify your God-given goals? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering how to find simple systems to keep you on track? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to feel guilty, prioritizing your interests over others' needs? Hey, I'm Gabe, and I too was a busy working mom who lost herself to motherhood. I put my dreams on the shelf where they collected dust for years. I was pulled in a thousand directions with too many to-dos piling up, and I desperately wanted to find a way to create a work-life balance and be present for my family. I wished I could enjoy interests of my own, but I kept telling myself I didn't have what it takes, others would judge me, and that me time was selfish. Until I found out a little secret. My kids need me to be their example, and they need to see me win. Yours do too. In this podcast, you will discover how to clarify your goals, how to plan with purpose, and how to ditch your distractions and simplify your home so you can turn your passions into purpose by pursuing your goals God's way. In order to realize finish line goals, we need to be willing to step into the fire of refinement so God can mold us into women ready to crush our goals His way. I've learned to use my interest in running to enhance my productivity and spiritual growth. I believe that life is one massive marathon and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Lace up those running shoes and step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Hey friend, welcome to Goal Driven Moms. I am so glad that you are here with me today and we are going to talk about a couple different things. Um, I know you may have noticed that last week we did not have an episode come out and part of that was because I was gearing up for my book launch because Victory Run is now live to the world, which is super exciting. And I just needed a little break. And one thing that I want to share is that, especially when you're going after your goals, when you're working hard and driving and working and driving and doing all the things, rest is actually good. Rest will help you to refuel and to really reset and to really get you ready and going again and ready for the next obstacles that are going to come your way as you go after your goal. So I decided to take that rest time. I thought about making an episode. I actually wanted to because I wanted to share a little bit about uh, my son's nationals because this is also, he hit, hit a dream come true, but it didn't come without trial. And so I want to share a little bit about that today as well. And I think we'll start there and then we'll move into talking a little bit about the book 
And the first part I wanted to talk about is what do you do when you're taking off your course? What do you do when your passion is taken away, whether it's taken away forever or for a short time, like it was for me when I had my ankle surgery. But we actually just got back from Arizona where the gymnastics nationals was held for my oldest son, and he had a really great appearance. And so in all of the years, he is now a level nine and there it goes to level 10. So next year, he's going to be a level 10 for his last three years uh, in his high school career. But he has been working very, very hard to not only try and hit the top five, I mean, he wants to be number one, of course, but to hit top five in the nation, as well as to be on the national team and becoming a part of the national team. It's a select few kids in levels eight and nine, and then level 10, but a different process for becoming national team in level 10. And in order to do that, you have to be top one or two in your level and your age group or you need to be chosen. And there's only a few additional spots. And so for level nine, the top two automatically get a bid, and then there are four additional spots. And this year, they changed how they decided to run that. Usually they just picked. So they'd look at all the stats and all the things, and they'd pick who they wanted to be additional on the team. Well, this year, they really did it based off of a numbers game in a way, and they were uh, applauding difficulty. And so, um, because they all, at this point in the game, they're doing their own routines and they're making up their own routines and they're based off of their strengths and some are more difficult than others. And, uh, with difficulty there with risk, you know, there's risk with, uh, it's kind of the basis of, do I risk it or for the reward or try to get the reward or sometimes just having a clean, easy routine, you might beat out someone who has a more difficult routine because it's a little bit harder to be as clean, right? And so um, they decided to take the difficulty, so your difficulty number and double that, and then your execution number in your score in the judging and add those together. And the ones, the four top kids in level nine with those scores were the additional members for the national team. So that was kind of exciting because we knew that Ethan had that difficulty going in. But I'm telling you, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time because as a mama, I don't know why, I just get freaked out. I'm just like, oh my goodness, he's because they're doing big things. They're releasing from the high bar and, you know, letting go and they're doing all these things. And But his first event was floor and his floor routine is usually spot on. He never really has issues. Sometimes he takes a step, but this routine, I'm telling you, I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know what it was, but he fell on one of his first passes and he did not stick a landing. And he lost really about three points from his score. So really probably around two points because he always will, I mean, they'll catch you on everything, but he lost a significant amount just in that first apparatus. And I was like, okay, well that just took him out. And my head is going to the negative. It's going, that just took him out. Like, there's no way he can come back from that. I mean, I just don't know how he could come back. Uh, of course, I'm trying to be positive and okay, it, we have a long way to go. It's okay. Well, then he nails every other routine in the day. So he has two days of meets, but the first day he messes up his floor, which he doesn't even know what happened there. But then 
he nailed everything else. And the one thing that he really wanted to do well on was the pommel horse. And um, the pommel horse is a very hard apparatus for men, for a lot of them. A lot of boys do not like it just because it's it's very difficult. And he hit and nailed his hardest routine. And he he had the hardest routine there that day. And he won that day. Um, he didn't, un- unfortunately, he didn't win the whole he didn't get first in pommel because they combine both days and the second day they all do the same thing. And he just doesn't have as much of a, his tech routine always, for some reason they score him a little bit lower than some of the other people. Um, but it's okay. So anyway, that was just really cool. And I was excited to see that because that's been a goal of his for the year too, because he's fallen on his hardest skill on pommel horse every time this season. And so anyway, he got that done and, um, so his first day was looking, he was looking pretty good. He was, I think, seventh at that point, seventh or eighth overall. And so he got a rest day in between. And then, um, and the other thing to think about, he, so he has had a lot of different trials. Like the the past two nationals, he's gone injured. Like he had a piriformis issue the first day or the first time that he was there. And so you could see the pain he had on floor and vault. Like he couldn't run very well because of it. And then, and he still took, I don't know what he took overall. I think he was 16th overall, but he took third on pommel, no sixth on pommel. So he, he placed, which is amazing for your first nationals. The second nationals last year, he ended up fracturing his shoulder in January. So he only got to do uh, state regionals and nationals that season. And so he didn't have a lot of prep time. So he had to be a little bit more basic. Well, then we get on our drive down there. We stop in Indiana and he works out with another gym. He, he cracks his head open on the high bar. And I was like, oh my gosh, but he didn't have a concussion. So they're like, well, as long as you feel good, you can compete. So he got on the high bar two days later at nationals and with three staples on his head, in his head. And so he didn't perform as well as he had hoped to, but he still got top 10 in the nation. And he was fourth on pommel. No, was he third? He was third on pommel and vault. And so, I mean, these, he kept getting injured. And then this year he got injured again. He hurt his knee right before regionals, the week before regionals. And we're like, oh my goodness. And we thought, we thought it might be MCL or meniscus. Thankfully, it really did end up just being a strain, but it swelled so bad and he could hardly walk. And But, you know, within a week even, it started feeling better, but he wasn't ready to compete for regionals. So he couldn't do regionals to qualify for nationals. So he had to get a bid into nationals, which he did um, because he already had the score from state. But trial after trial after trial. So then he falls on floor the first day. And then the second day is the tech routines. Everyone's doing the same routines. They're judging them on their style, on how well they perform those routines. They aren't supposed to be super hard, uh, but, and he fares decently with that. Uh, So he did okay, but on his vault, he messed up his vaults, which he never messes up in tech either. And I'm going, oh no, that just took him out again. So my negative comes back and I'm like, ah, and then I have to compose myself and go, okay. You want to just shake it off. It's going to be fine. And he ended up um, sixth. So he was top six in the nation for level nine boys. And that's amazing and incredible in itself. 
for level nine elites. And, but it put us in this spot going, is he going to be called? Is he going to be on national team? Right. Cause that was his main goal. Like, yes, he wanted to be top three really. And without the floor and vault issue, he probably could have been, but you can't do the what ifs. Like you just can't go back and go, what if this, what if that? Cause everyone can do that. It's just, those were not normal issues he had. Um, and so top six was amazing, but then they started lining up the national team and sure enough, he walks out and he made the national team. And this has been years of working so hard for it and for this goal to be a dream come true for him. And part of that came with him being willing to take risks and with him being willing to say, I'm going to do it again. I mean, how many of us, I wouldn't have been one who cracks my head open in high bar on whatever I crack my head open on and want to get up there two days later. Like that takes resilience, right? It takes wanting it, being able to bounce back, being able to mentally be strong and not go into that negative and not um, get into your own thoughts and head. And so that was, I mean, he did that, that last year. And then this year he comes in knowing he had an injury. He didn't get to do his hardest vault, which could have changed things too. He didn't, you know, he had to, he didn't, but then he also didn't play it safe. He wasn't going to take out things just because of it. He wanted the risk and the risk paid off. He got the reward. And I think sometimes when we're going after a goal, we forget that, um, you can't, nothing great happens inside our comfort zone. Nothing great happens without us stepping out and taking that risk. And so I'm telling you afterward, he's like, why were you so worried? <laughs> and I'm like, well, cause I'm your mom. That's why that's what we do. We worry, but he shook it off. Like he had his floor issue and then he nailed everything else because he was able to just shake that off and move on. And not many Kids can do that, especially in that. That's why this sport is so hard. It's so unforgiving because it is so mental. But how many adults would be able to do that? How many adults would be able to just shake it off and move on? And um, so he just, he taught me something that day. You know, he taught me that we need to risk more. He taught me that we need to get out of that comfort zone. Because if he weren't willing to do that, he wouldn't have, he would definitely not have been on that stage as a national team member. And now national team member, uh, he gets to do a few camps throughout the year. His name, it's, it's name recognition. It's huge. And he could also go international if they called him. I don't know if that's going to happen this year. And uh, that will be really hard for me because he's 14, but just the opportunities you get to have being a part of the national team is huge. And so I'm just really proud of him for that. And I don't know, I wanted to share that. Maybe it'll help you, maybe you just needed to hear it. I just want you to think about stepping out of that comfort zone. Take the risk. Let God work through you. Let him do the work, but you have to be able to step out. You have to be willing to step out in order to do that. Now, when we step out, guess what happens? Sometimes we're going to be taken off course. Just like my son, um, you know, when he wasn't able to compete regionals because he hurt his knee, he was taken off course. Sometimes our passion is going to be taken away. My passion for running was taken away for a, a good almost year when I was recovering from the ankle surgery that I had. And so one thing I'm just so excited about, I have a dream come true too. And that's my second book, Victory Run, is out and live for the world. 
And so it launched this week. It's super exciting. And it's about taking our trials and turning them into triumphs. It's about overcoming those giants that get in our way and about the grief process that we go through when life's circumstances hit. But I wrote this book because an impactful lesson I learned in the process of recovery is that trials will come. Embracing the journey is key for forming the mental toughness needed to push through the challenges and experience that breakthrough. And a huge part of my journey revolves around the fact that I'm a mom. But I also know that I have a love for running, and I know that's shared with many mamas across the nation. And I wanted to share some of their stories too. So I got to showcase some of their voices and some of those moms who qualified for Boston 2020, the marathon as well. And one of the reasons I did that is because I aim to show you that not only are you not alone in your struggles, but our stories are more alike than you think. And so I weave those at the end and it's super fun um, to have those extra stories in there. But also my faith is the most important aspect of my life. And my mission is to encourage you through your own faith journey. And you'll and in, throughout the book, I'll have some reflection questions and um, so that you can kind of evaluate where you're at, how you're responding to trials in your life. And my prayer is that you can take some time to journal and pray through those things and allow God to work with you in a way that only he can do. And so if you're ready to turn those trials into a triumph, you can order your copy today at redhotmindset.com forward slash victory run. So that's redhotmindset.com forward slash victory run, or you can just search for it on Amazon. You might have to throw my name in there um, to find it, but you should be able to find it just fine. So anyway, that's exciting, right? A dream come true. I would love it if you support me. And if you read it, I, if you do read it, download it, read it, let me know what you think. It is an ebook and paperback form. I'm working on audio form this summer, so it should be out on audiobook come fall. So that's the project that I will be working on um, in the little time that I have, but it's all good. So anyway, today I want to talk with you a little bit about what being taken off course can look like and how to deal with it when it happens. It happens to everyone. No matter how well thought out or planned your life or your goals are, you will be derailed in some fashion. So what do you do when you are? What do you do? How can you keep going in the face of obstacles? How can you beat your giants? That's what we're diving into. And first, the first thing I want you to know is that trials will come. It's not a fun thing, right? But they will. Trials will come. When I slipped on ice in December of 2018, it feels like a long, long time ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. I had no idea that that was the day that I would encounter a major injury and that it would change the trajectory of my life because it did. I had no plans on that for my goals list. And it struck me hard because I was ready to hit another uh, personal best in the marathon race. I made no room for that kind of detour in my schedule or in my life. That morning's workout was supposed to be a fun, leisurely workout with one of my best running friends. And sometimes I question, what if I hadn't run that morning? What if I lived on the defense and I never took risks because I was afraid of injury or failure? Remember what we talked about in the beginning? My son took the risks. He decided to do the more difficult routines. He wasn't afraid of injury or failure. He got injured in the process of all these things in the years of trying this, right? But what if I lived on the defense and I didn't take those risks? What if I just stayed home? 
because I was afraid of slipping. I may have had an intact ankle and not had to endure more than a year of pain and recovery, which um, we'll talk about a little bit more. But as I, I also wouldn't have experienced the steep learning curve or lessons that are now major players in my life that I can use to impact others. And, you know, I think about that. How about you? What if you don't go for that run you want to? What if you don't start that business that you've been dreaming of? What if you don't climb that mountain? What if you don't put yourself out there in your music or your writing or whatever creative outlet that you have? What if fear cripples you, fear of failure? What if that cripples you to the point of staying comfortable, but you're not really comfortable at all? Because what joy is left in your life if you're too scared to try anything? What kind of life is that? Don't not do something because you're afraid of trials. The first thing you need to know is that they will come. Don't be afraid to step out. The second thing I want you to know, I want you to understand why trials come. They come for a lot of different reasons, okay? And I might not even know all of them. I may not list all of them. But understanding why they come is an important part of the journey. God did not promise us a trial-free life. I wish he had. Like I would sign up for that any day, but he actually said troubles would come. John 16, 13 says, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What's the good news in that? God says we can trust in him and lean into him throughout our struggles and he will strengthen us. That's what he says. And oh my goodness, he's overcome the world. I mean, that's huge. Isaiah 41.10 also says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. He is there. He is the ones, when we're, we're in a trial, we're stepping into that fire, right? He is the one who's going to refine us. He's the one who's going to strengthen us. He's the one who's going to help us through it. And trials come in different forms for various reasons. Now, I've broken it down to the four main reasons that you could face a trial. Granted, like I said, there's probably plenty more. You could probably add to it. But this is a part of what I have come to figure out as well. So one of the reasons is that trials will come as a consequence of our bad decisions. So yes, sometimes it's because of us, right? We make a bad decision we will suffer the consequences of that decision. That's probably the easiest reason to understand. I mean, I remember lots of times when I was a kid and I got caught doing something I wasn't supposed to do. And then I got grounded or suffered a consequence. Or like when I said a naughty word and my mouth was washed out with soap. Yeah, that's fun. Let me tell you. But I made a bad decision and I suffered the consequence. So that's the first reason that a trial could come. A trial could also come because God will use trials in our lives to build us and protect us from outside harm. So he'll use them to build us and he'll also use them to protect us. So this is kind of a little harder to understand. He may not even give you the trial. Like, I don't believe God just gives us trials for no reason. Um, I don't know if, if my trial was God given. I know it was God used, like my breaking of my ankle. I don't know if Uh, you know, my depression story was God given, or if it was just God used. Most of the time, I believe that comes from the enemy, but God uses 
those trials to build us and to protect us from further harm. Um, but no matter what, he wants to sharpen us through it. He wants to, you to step into that refiner's fire and he wants to be the refiner. He wants to be the silversmith and he wants to whittle away at those, those sharp edges and he wants to refine you. But also maybe the trial is there because God's protecting us from something worse. And that's crazy to wrap my brain around. But I know there have been times where I've been running late, going somewhere. Maybe you feel this too. And then you feel rushed and stressed and annoyed. And and then I hit every red light that is imaginable to humankind on the way to where I'm trying to get. And that's frustrating, right? Because now I know I'm going to be late. Um, but then as I go get a little bit further, I see an accident up ahead. And then I wonder, if I had not been delayed, could that have been me? God knows the outside harms, and he wants to protect us from them. Like, he is doing everything to protect us. So that could be a reason that the trials come. Like, my trial of being late and hitting every red light, I mean, that's a I mean that's a minor trial. It's not a huge trial, but it is a trial. But it might be keeping me from something else. Being late would be better than being in an accident. Uh, The third reason that trials can come is that they may come as a distraction to our larger purpose. Now, this is definitely from the enemy. And I sometimes Satan uses trials to keep us from pursuing something God wants us to do. He works so hard to keep us in our comfort zone. He works so hard for us to worry and fear and have anxiety. And actually, it's so funny because Um, As I'm recording this, I just got out of church and we were talking about that today. We were just talking about how fear and anxiety and worry and all those things keep us small. They keep us from actually walking in the call that God has for us. And so Satan will use those as a distraction. Trials will come as a distraction to try and keep you off the path that God wants. And the fourth reason that trials come is to test our perseverance. So perseverance, will you give up in the face of opposition or will you push through and persevere? Perseverance is what separates people. Like perseverance is what separated my son from those who would have given up. Perseverance is what put him on the national team. Well, I think God had a a hand in that too. Like he has really gifted him in his abilities. But perseverance He fought through so many trials and so many circumstances to stick it out. I mean, so many kids have quit along the way. And he's actually, he's the only one from level four when they were little itty bitty six and seven year olds when they got on team for the very first time. He's the only one left from his team. Everybody else has quit along the way. And that's for different reasons. They may just have fallen out of love with gymnastics, but sometimes it's because it got too hard. Sometimes it's because those skills get scary and fear of failure, sometimes fear of success, right? Any of those things, but trials come to test our perseverance. Will you push through? So trials come for various reasons. Those are the four reasons I thought of. You probably have some more ideas, but that's the second thing I want you to know. The third thing that I want you to know when you're taken off course or when your passion is taken away is that you need to know that having to deal with trials is worth the risk. It's worth risking being taken off course. It's worth risking losing your passion. It's 
It's worth it. Breaking my ankle helped in my life and changed many of my habits. It also dictated what I could or couldn't do for a long time. But I would say it was worth the risk. It's kind of, again, it's kind of a silly analogy. I don't purposely place myself into situations where I know injury is inevitable. I don't purposely put myself in a situation if I know something like I'm going to hurt myself inevitably. I'll get that word down. But if it if I were to take myself out of any and all situations that could bring failure, that could, I'm, I'm putting quotations around that, then my life would be uninspiring and unfulfilling. I'd miss out on all the little things. I'd miss out on all the learning and growing moments and the beauty in life. And so would you. If you weren't, aren't willing to take a risk, you're going to miss out on those things too. Think about this. We do things that are risky every day and we don't even think twice about them. Take driving, for example. If we never took risks, we would never drive a car. As we're flying down the highway, there's only a three inch wide line of paint directing us staying into our own lane. And we're trusting other drivers to do the same. We're three inches away from what could be a major life alteration or even the cause of our own death. Does that keep us from driving? No, it doesn't. And I'm going to be honest with you. Living on the defense is no place for your dreams. It's no place for your goals. Don't hang up your goals just because you hit a roadblock or because you might hit a roadblock, right? Grow your positive mindset and get mentally tough. Choose to live offensively and take risks, even if they lead to challenging circumstances because you can learn through them. I'm going to ask this again because it's important. Are you playing not to lose or are you playing to win? That's a big difference. If you're playing not to lose, you're playing on the defense, always defending, always defending. But guess what? You don't win unless you score some points. You don't win unless you're on the offense. You need both. You need to be defensive and you need the offense. But in order to live offensively, you got to take a risk. You got to step out. So that's a big thing. Know that having to deal with trials is worth the risk. As we wrap up today's episode, I want you to remember that trials can come for various reasons, and we never really know when we will face them or even what type of trial we will endure. But we can be ready for them because we know they will come at some point on our journey. What you need to decide is if you will play to win or if you will play not to lose in the midst of your challenges. Which one will you do? If you're following your passion and working toward a goal, you will be tested. Success doesn't come easily. There's always a struggle to overcome, whether it's physical or mental. When you're at the point of giving up, be willing to persevere just a bit longer because your breakthrough is right there waiting for you. Have you thought about that? It's at that breaking point that that breakthrough is there. It's at that breaking point. Be willing to step out. Be willing to pass that test. Next week, we're going to be chatting with a good friend of mine who has been through her set of trials from overcoming a cancer bout to losing all four of her limbs to a flesh-eating bacteria. Yes, I said that. She is a quadruple amputee. And she hasn't let those setbacks keep her from doing what she's called to do. And guess what that is? To write. I know. It's amazing. And so I want you to come back next week to find out how she used her trials 
to turn her mess into her message and how God has worked through her. Until then, make sure to go pick up a copy of Victory Run, turn, Turning Trials into Triumphs on Amazon, or you can go to redhotmindset.com forward slash victory run to get more details and to get the link there. But in all things, I pray you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. If you resonate with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes as it's one of the biggest compliments you could give me. If you have any friends or family whom you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with them. Also, if you're not a part of our free Simplicity and Motherhood online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your giftings, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to redhotmindset.com for more resources and to find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you.